When I moved to Cleveland last August, uh, someone I know who used to live around here asked me how I liked it. And I told him I liked it very much and mentioned things I liked about it, like the beautiful neighborhoods and friendly people, arts and culture, and my job. And he said, well, then you're going to go through the winter. We'll just see how you like it then. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, I like winter. I've been in winter before. But I realize now I didn't know this winter. I've never lived this far north, and uh, things are different. Some of you have told me that we haven't gotten the full winter yet. I know some people around here say an inch or two or snow isn't like getting a snow. That's not a snow. I don't know if Friday was a snow, but um, when I heard that the uh, chili cook-off was going ahead full steam, I was surprised to hear it. In the northernmost cities where I've lived, Columbus and Baltimore, that thing would have been canceled at two in the afternoon, if not sooner. And in Berkeley, California, where I used to live, uh, the city would have been shut down for three days. So I'm newly understanding more about northern winters. And the fact is that you never really know something until you experience it for yourself. And uh, experiencing the snow on Friday when I went out to shovel, I was reminded of how much I really do love snow. Being out there for over two hours shoveling and remembering how beyond traffic and safety concerns, the snow is really stunning and beautiful. And I felt how the cold made me feel more sharply alive. And the contrast of being cold on the outside, yet warm in my body, was so comforting. And as it got darker, the radiance and the shimmering of the snow was so mesmerizing. And I loved how the snow created muffling of the sound, so there was a holy space of quiet and calm and slower movement. And I became unexpectedly deeply quiet and calm and joyous in a simple way. And here again, this is something you have to experience to truly know. Those who have never been in the snow cannot know how this feel, what this experience is like by just reading about it or studying about what snow is like. The same is true for knowing God. We need to experience it in the fullness of ourselves with our inner and outer senses. The truth is, we are right now in a wonderland of God's presence and love. It is around us and within us and within the hearts of the people around us. A soft silence, a radiance, a sparkling aliveness full of paradoxes of darkness and light, experienced through our human filters while the divine floods us with the gifts of life. One of the prominent themes in our readings today is being called. And this relates very much to this idea of needing to experience something in order to truly know it. What we humans most want to experience is who we truly are in God. 
At the root of all our hungers and cravings and restlessness is this deep longing to live in the fullness of the truth of ourselves, our true home, our true identity in God. One of our church fathers, St. Augustine, from the fourth century said, we are restless until we rest in God. And our calling is about that. And there are eight billion of us living on this planet. And not one, not one is the same as another. So our calling is to come to know our own unique, authentic self with the unique gifts that we have and the love that we have and the things we cherish and what stirs us and what our unique gifts and quirks in particular expression of being can offer to the world. We are called to inhabit that fully and to let it move and grow and blossom in us and all for the purpose of serving love in the way that only we can. In our first reading about Jonah, we heard the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. The nudging of God about a calling may not and probably will not come to us in a form so simple and direct and clear. And maybe it didn't even come to to Jonah so clearly. Maybe that was just a simplification of a process that he went through to hear that calling. But our attentiveness to our experiences within and without, our openness, can reveal to us layer by layer where we are being called. And remember, Jonah's story is a story of reluctance to follow a call. Jonah, if you remember, is the one who would rather jump into a raging sea and be swallowed by a big fish than do his calling. We too may find ourselves in this human response of reluctance or resisting to something that is prompting us And so we can remember in the story of Jonah that God is revealed as persistent and responsive and merciful and patient and compassionate. In the letter of Paul to the Corinthians, Paul was urging the people of Corinth to live a a life of faith, faithful living. That's their calling. Paul reminds them that the present forms of this world are always passing away and changing. So whether you have wives or not, whether you're mourning or rejoicing, whether you have possessions or not, in other words, whatever your circumstances, Paul is saying, let your primary and central focus be that God's presence can be experienced here at any moment that God can come to us in our awareness at any moment and live in a way that opens you to that. And all other things will fall into place. And so we live faithfully in order to know that we are more a part of God than a part of this world that we see. And we are beings capable of great things, great love, great service and to live as though we desire most to feel ourselves with God in the truth of God. 
In the Gospel of Mark, we heard the calling of four apostles, Simon, who would become Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And you may have noticed in this reading or in other readings of Mark that his favorite word is immediately. It's the shortest gospel, and the word immediately appears 41 times, as opposed to 10 times in the whole rest of the New Testament. So while Paul's letter to the Corinthians focuses on the sense of coming soon, Mark's gospel, whole gospel, reminds us of happening now. In this story, we hear Jesus, in the very beginning of his ministry, he immediately calls disciples. He immediately brings about community and begins forming a community, community, and they immediately follow him. We are invited to this message as well, that the time is now and that we can respond now and that God is here now. We are called to experience the reality that we are walking in the splendor of God, as if a beautiful snowfall, living grace, is falling down on us, all around us and within us, as if grace is like the beautiful, crisp air on our skin, touching us and enlivening us and waking us up to a crisper consciousness, as if we are surrounded in a blanket of stillness and radiant beauty right now. And it's not as if. This is the reality. And we are being called to know it, to know this glorious creation as participants. We are here and we are alive through no act of our own. And we have been given a holy vessel, life in a body, in which we can know by experience the love and presence of God and ways to engage and participate in God's love. We may await, or we may be open to it now, immediately. The presence of God that can be known in a snowy night, or in the beauty of winter, in all that is, or in our calling. So what a precious thing in the entirety of the cosmos to have this gift of calling, to listen for it, to be open to discovering it, to wonder, what can I give to this world in need?